you know, there's that that feeling of wanting to hold them because they're yours, they're yours, just yours. But then there's this realization that they're not mine. Everybody, welcome back to Sugar Snakes Takes. We are here again today to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about fatherhood with uh, Jake and Rashad and Mike. All of us, all of us here, except for Mike, right now are our fathers, and that's cool. Get get different perspectives from uh, those of us who have not stepped into it. But fatherhood, something that we all hold near and dear. I know that this is. Um, super important to sugar and snake to kind of step into something that's uh, quite honestly, the foundation for a better future of our lives. I think it kind of starts with, with fathers. So considering fathering fatherhood, what it means to you guys and uh, you know, the importance of fatherhood. I don't know if there's a special story that you want to tell about being a dad or something that could resonate with our audience, advice to, to future fathers. I will quickly chime in and say something I say quite frequently to everybody who's going to be a parent, moms and dads, start a Gmail account for your kids today, even if they're not in existence and you plan on having kids, or even maybe it's a niece or a nephew or whatnot, but a younger person, and maybe write about your life. I've started one for my daughter years and years ago, and I, in the subject line, I put the date, and I tell her what I'm up to. It's, you know, hey, I'm, I'm working on Umbo with Sugar Rashad Evans and Jake the Snake Plumber. And we're, we're, we're trying to bring functional mushrooms to people or the advocacy work I've done with decriminalization. And I write her that letter and chime in about what I'm up to as frequently as I can. And then when she turns 18 or graduates, I'll give her the, the Gmail account and the password to kind of reflect on that. So that's a that's a bit of advice. But Sugar Snake, any any stories or advice or things that are just important to the aspect of fatherhood? That's what we want to chat about today. Um, you know, uh, I'll start. You know, for me, fatherhood is uh, is is the most important and one of the biggest driving forces of me doing anything. You know, um, it's funny because like I feel as if like I've had. I've had these children at so many different phases of my life and each of these different phases, I was a different parent in each one of those phases. You know, I had my first kid when I was 19 years old and you know, that was a different father than the father that I was when I had my next kid at, uh, at 25 years old. So it, it, each and every single time that I became a father, it was, it was, it was a different part of me. And you know, what I've learned is the fact that I, I don't, I, 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 there's, I can't be a perfect father, right? And in the, in the, along, along the way, I've been learning to be the best father that I can be. And the best father that I can be has always been one that's always learning, not afraid to learn, learning from the children, learning, learning how to be the kind of father that they need. And truly understanding that being a parent is not so much about me having this child that's mine, but rather than raising this child 
so they can be something strong for society, something strong for themselves, you know, and that was something for me that was a hard kind of reality that I had to face kind of when my, when my, my, my first one started to come of age many times, you know, there's that, that feeling of wanting to hold them because they're yours, they're yours, just yours. But then there's this realization that they're not mine. You know, they're, they're their own being, they're their own individual. And I'm here to try to help them make sense of the world. I'm here to try to help them be, to become strong and independent people. And when my focus switched more toward that, it, it changed the kind of father that I was because then it wasn't about me. It was about what was best for the kids and, and doing what the, was best for the kids. You know, some of the time that it, it, it wasn't, you know, as gratifying for me having experience because sometimes I couldn't be there, but I was there doing what was best for the kids. So I would say to new parents and, and, and uh, you know, parents who, who may give themselves a hard time on just being a parent alone is that it's one of the hardest things you'll ever do is raising somebody else to be that great person in society or just be an accountable person for, in society that can take care of himself. And you're going to make mistakes and that's okay. But being able to come back from your mistakes, being able to make, uh, to, to make things right in your mistakes and being able to come to a position of doing the best that you can do. I feel like that outshines everything because I think the intent is the most important thing. But, um, being a parent has been the best, the best job that I've ever had. And at the same time, one of the most humbling because every single day I'm learning. Yeah, no doubt. That's, that's absolutely beautiful. And it reminds me of the Khalil Gibran, uh, poem of your children are not your children they are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself that's so mm. beautiful and just kind of knowing that you know these these children aren't many use they're their own people and it's your role yeah. to shape them and help them uh become themselves so i think you kind of touched on that which is beautiful so snake what do you think man tell us a little bit about fatherhood for you and what it means to you yeah, I mean, well said, Rashad. Uh, you know, as you say, you know, going and, and, and being the best you can be, not trying to be perfect. Uh, you know, we find ourselves, we all had fathers too, whether they were present in your life or not, um, how they represented themselves has an effect on you. So uh, as I've grown into being a father, I waited till I was done playing ball. I didn't have the capacity to play ball and have children. I just knew that they would they would have, uh, it would have been hard for me to go, you know, go to practice with a new baby, uh, you know, day or two, two day old baby. I see these, you know, guys, I had teammates who would come back from their wife giving birth and training camp and they'd drive down, have the birth and be right back the next day. And it's showing me dedication and all this stuff. And I know that's part of a team, but it's also like, yo, this is like a life you just brought into the world. And I was really one to be present. So as present as I could be and it's a sensitive subject for me because I went through some periods in my life there when I, when we had, uh, you know, when I was having kids, I had three. Um, I waited till about 30, I guess I was 35 when we had our first and, you know, pretty established in my ways and, and able to know what I liked, what I didn't like. And having a child was, um, was, it wasn't as hard, you know, to shift those things, to be able to give my time to the, to the kid. 
Um, but there were some times I went through some, some, a lot of pain with, with post career pain and some depression and just times where I wasn't doing what's best for me, knowing that whatever I was doing for me, loving myself, taking care of myself, striving to be better was going to be a direct, directly reflect onto the, the kids until, you know, I finally realized that. And I finally realized that here just over the last probably three, four years. And it's like, I can't control these things that we've created. They're their own little humans. They're their own little beings. But what I can show them is how to represent yourself well in the world. What I can show them is how to treat people right, how to treat myself with love, how to go about uh, diving into what we're doing to educate people on something that's not very common, that's very abnormal, that's very un unlikely to be talked about in church or at the school or whatever. We're stepping into something that uh, is, is not very common for fathers to step into stuff like this. So for me, it's, it's really, I've focused back on to myself being the best that I can be. And I'm still working at that. I'm still trying to do the things that I want to do balancing spending the time with my kids that I know is valuable quality time. And, uh, you know, the one thing that, that I've learned is like the best you could do is to leave everything behind when you get time with your kids, when you have a chance to be with them, don't be on your phone. Don't be worried about the email you didn't send or the work you got to do tomorrow, like drop in completely with them and really relish in that beautiful child that you have even when they're older, I mean, I got a teenager now and, you know, 13, but he's still just this little kid, you know, and I'm still just this little kid. So find times that you can drop into just being a little kid again with your kids. And uh, that really is something I'm, I'm working on right now. I'm, I'm thinking a lot about him as I'm out of the country and not around him trying to like, when I get back to see him, you know, how I'm going to drop in with them is going to be really important to just find out how they've been drop in and hold them. And, you know, the one thing I know for sure, if you love them, they know that if you tell them you love them, they know that they feel that. So no matter what you do, no matter how bad you are represented as a parent, maybe we don't, you don't, you're not perfect. It's okay. Your kids will forgive you and they'll love you forever. So long as you love them back. And so love really is the answer as a father that I've really tried to embody, even though I haven't been perfect at times. I still just try to love them up as much as I can and, and show them that I care. Absolutely. I, that being present with them, I read uh, something the other day that kind of rocked my world. But uh, the, the quote was, the only people who are going to remember all your late nights at work and your emails at 10 p.m. are your kids, right? Mm. No one else is going to give a shit about all that work you did. You know, they're, yeah, they're going to, but... And a, and a real quick story, Jake, the very first time you and I ever met, we didn't officially meet, but the first time I remember like, oh, that's Jake Plummer and live and in color. My wife was giving birth to our third child, Mavis, upstairs. I went downstairs to get a drink of water and I walked through the lobby and there's Jake with his wife and the boys were there too. And I'm like, is that Jake Plummer? I'm like, that's Jake Plummer. That's cool. You know, and you, and you kind of gave me a nod like, oh, yo, you know, like kind of like in it together, you know, and I walked up just like, Hey, Jackie, you'll never, you'll never know who I saw down in the lobby, Jake Plummer. And she was like, all right, well, you better tell him it's game time. You know, <laughs> that she had Mavis like 29 minutes. So she was, Oh my goodness. Jokes about shit when she was giving birth. So, 
Uh, but that was the first time that you and I had ever, we'd ever locked eyes, I'd say. So, what a great memory, man. That's wild. Kind of cool stuff, but right on. Yeah. Thank you for that, the, the knowledge from two amazing dads. Hey, hey and, and if I can, can I, I'm going to share just one quick story about my oldest when I was at Champ Bailey's retirement party uh, or retirement at the Broncos facility. Um, I'm standing in the equipment room talking to the equipment guys afterwards and Roland was only about four and he's walking around me and, you know, little kids, you know, let's just be real. Little kids like farts. Farts are funny. You know, little kids like to fart. And he always liked to come up and fart on me. And so I'm sitting there talking to the equipment guys and everyone's hanging out and it's like, there's a few players and everybody and I'm, he's walking around me and then he stops and I feel his little butt go on my leg and, I, and there's this little, you know, and I look down at him and he just smiles at me and it's like, that's what kids are about, right? That's that's <laughs> embodying what being a kid is about. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't give a shit that Champ retired and, uh, you know, we were in the quiver room. He just was busting one on dad and got a good <laughs> giggle out of it. Uh, that's awesome. Little kids. Uh, not like Wonderman. Kids. Old dog. He's, gonna, he's not going to like that story in the future. <laughs> it's all right. You're going to have to figure it out. Love it. All right, guys. Well, it's that time again. Uh, we're going to do a little Sugar Snake Showdown. I've got three questions for you. Last week, the questions were sugary in nature, and this week, it's only natural to make these questions a little bit more snaky. Ooh, snaky. So let's get into it. The first question will be for Dell this time. Ooh, I hope it's a bunch of pictures of snakes. What kind of snake is this? Because I love that game. <laughs> right. Yeah, that would be that would be too easy for you. Okay. But uh, the 2018 NFL draft saw Jake Plummer announce a Broncos draft pick at the reopening iconic Mexican restaurant Casa Benita here in Colorado. Which round was it? Was it A first, B second, C third, or D fourth? I don't know, and I don't care. The only thing that people need to know about this moment right here is that Jake is going to go in the last moment of his life, reflecting on everything he did and all the opportunities he had. He did not jump off into the water after announcing what, I don't know, the second round draft pick for the Broncos. He didn't take that opportunity, and I shame him for it. As often as I can, and I cannot believe that you said that this was the question because uh, I've expressed to Jake that is going to haunt you, not yeah. diving into Casa Bonita, which is now reopened. But thank you, Dale. He announced the second round draft pick. Thank you, Dale, for bringing that up. I know, I know, it's a sore subject for you. When I never got the opportunity, damn it. I never got the opportunity <laughs> to do the high dive at Casa Bonita. And, and here it goes it, as a father, you know, it's seizing those opportunities to teach your kids that you got to seize the opportunity when there's something in front of you or you may never see what's over that little hill or that fence or off that cliff. I don't like deep water and I don't like jumping off cliffs. So there you go. There's my reasoning. What's the answer? I don't even remember. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is... Dale. The fourth round. 
Yeah, so, good. You're wrong, Dale. Yeah, you don't care. Me wrong. I'm wrong about this question, <laughs> but I'm right about you missing that damn opportunity. <laughs> well, now that it's reopening, because the South Park uh, creators purchased it, you know, maybe maybe Dell and Jake, you guys head over there and and you get the opportunity to to run that one back. What do you think? Yeah. We may be able to, because I think I think I was on South Park as a character at one point. I don't know. I have to fact look back on that, but I, I recall someone saying, "Yeah, I saw you on South Park." But I, I mean, I may have just heard that in a in a dream too. Who knows? We have to dig that up. Let's do it. And we we've got yeah. to go back to. Kyle I'll jump. Anita. I need Jake to jump off that. We'll check the archives and let's have a little flashback of that uh, of that moment. I'm Jake Plummer, former Broncos quarterback. I'm here today with Abdul, Matt, and Connor with the 106th pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. The Denver Broncos select Josie Jewell, linebacker, Iowa. Being up on that cliff gives you an appreciation for what those guys diving, doing flips and everything. Uh, They're pretty brave. For for me, uh, I'm all right being on solid ground. So, but it was a great event. It was a lot of fun. Casa Bonita. We're going to have to run that back. We're going to have to run that back. All right. Did they ask you to jump, Jake? Were they trying to, were they trying to get you to, to dive in to get that, that footage? Can we, can we move to the next question? <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on, moving on. This next question is for you, Jake. We're talking about a different snake here. The Resurrection of Jake the Snake was a 2015 film that chronicles a different snake, the pro wrestler Jake Roberts' struggle with addiction. Which fellow wrestler aids him on his road to recovery? Was it A, Hulk Hogan, B, Steve Austin, C, Diamond Dallas Page, or D, Jesse Ventura? I'm going to go with D, Jesse Ventura. Because... A lot of people think Jake the Snake Roberts is where I got my nickname, but that's only what Wikipedia has wrong. Um, it was Kenny Stabler, but I did like Jake the Snake Roberts and his uh, DDT. I think he pulled the, the DDT and he had a snake he pull out of his bag when he get really upset. But I'm going to go with Jesse Ventura helping him on his road to recovery. That is not correct. Correct oh. answer is... Oh. See Diamond Dallas Page. Dallas Page. Diamond Dallas Page snake with uh, with his yoga practice. Isn't that right, Mike? Diamond Dallas Page has a a, I don't know if it's a particular yoga practice, but he's a he's a big yogi. So yeah, it's yoga for just like everyday people. Um, And there's actually a famous viral video of this guy who couldn't walk, who um, was. Well, I'll, we'll thread in the clip, but he just hit DDP's yoga takes him from having needing two canes to walk around to being able to sprint. And it's just super impressive that he was able to uh, have that kind of recovery. DDP is a bit of an angel for the for the folks in pro wrestling because uh, those guys can can suffer and struggle a lot. And he's really seems like he's been able to help some of them kind of kind of get past the the, the traumas and the, and the struggles that they go through. So. This was the movie poster worth a watch if anyone's interested in the resurrection of Jake the Snake. Hands down my favorite wrestler because he pulled that snake out and laid on someone when they're knocked out. That was that was where it was at. 
Very cool. I don't know if he ever faced uh, Jimmy Snuka, but that would have been a good a good matchup between the two of them. All right, Rashad, we got the, the, the final question here for you. Jake Plummer's first collegiate pass at ASU was caught by Carlos Artis for a touchdown of how many yards? Was it A, 78 yards, B, 82 yards, C, 70 yards, or D, 65 yards? Oh, man, I'm going to have to say it was a bomb. I'm thinking it was a, a nice bomb. I think it was a nice a nice 82-yard scan. I think it was a nice 82-yard <laughs> number B. Eight, I think it's B. It was not B. Ah! It was A, 78 yards. 78 yards. Mm -hmm. oh. Dang. Listen, this is two weeks in a row, okay? Plummer with the play fake. He's throwing deep for Carlos Artis. And has Artis, and Carlos will have a touchdown. 78 yards. Underthrown, wobbler. Yeah. It was, Jake Plummer's it wasn't pretty, but it was a touchdown. 78-yard touchdown. <laughs> I mean, pretty good for your first pass. Pretty yeah. damn. Yeah, man. Came into the first game, mop-up duty, and rolled to my left and threw a haymaker, underthrew it. And Carlos Artis, a.k.a. Chili Los, came back and made me look good, just like all those other Florida quarterbacks. Carlos, we're going to have to send Carlos some stuff for making you uh, look so good on that first pass. That was your first pass. It's ridiculous. Very first college pass in, in a Beautiful. live game, yeah. Thank you, Carlos. Awesome. You guys want to know what my last pass in the NFL yeah, was? Tell us. I was rolling to my left against San Francisco, and I threw a haymaker towards the middle of the field to Javon Walker. He got tripped, and it got intercepted. So from college, my first throw was a touchdown. My last throw in the league was an INT. So wrap it up, seal it. <laughs> that's my that's my favorite NFL stat. 161 touchdowns, 161 interceptions, which is dope. Came out. It, yeah. It's like that yeah. that, that movie Signs, where that that guy said that he broke the home run record, but he also had the strikeout record because he uh -huh. always swinging for the fences, and he said it just <laughs> felt wrong not to swing. I love yeah, it. Swing something like that. Fences, throw an interception. Do something. That's something you tell your kids. You know, try, yeah, you fail, do it. Now's the time. I love at the end of that movie where they're like, "Swing away." I haven't thought about that movie in years. But see, see, see at the end of the clip there. Like, that's one thing I did with all of my touchdowns. There's not one that I didn't run down and celebrate with the person that that either took it, handed it off to, or caught it. It was like. Every one of them, every 161 of those touchdowns in the NFL, I was going crazy celebrating because, man, what a feeling it was. The interceptions, you know, it wasn't always so sweet. You, you ran down the field <laughs> with that one too, so you're 100% on running running down the field after a touchdown or an interception. There's no better feeling than scoring a touchdown. Mm -hmm. There's no better feeling. So good. <laughs> so good. Well, we're moving on to the community Q&A. Every week we pose a question from our community. Uh, make sure you're following, following us at Get Umbo on all the social channels.
and we're going to ask you for your questions. If we pick your question, then we'll send you free Umbo product. So this week's question from Earthed Weller Life. What things are you excited about now and in the future? I'll go ahead and handle that one first here. Um, right now, what I am really excited about is uh, the pursuit of of a lot of things, a lot of uh, interesting and fun uh, endeavors. Like one is mushrooms, is is cultivating, growing, educating, eating, and sharing more mushrooms for sure. Uh, whether that's through Umbo, uh, through the farm, or even at my place where I live, like mushrooms are something I am super excited about now and in the future too. Um, but, you know, for me in the future is just that the fact that I get to watch, uh, you know, what we talked about earlier, I get to watch my three little creations grow up and help them through life, whether that's good or the bad. You know, that's really what the future is going to be super fun to also, as I help them to have those learning lessons and all of that, come back to help me grow as an individual, as a man, as a father, uh, addressing anything that I have left over. But I'm super excited about what the future holds to just be a part of my kids' lives, but also to, you know, go out and explore my life to show them, you know, 48 years old. Never too late to learn something and dive into, you know, mushrooms and then also, um, you know, getting into yoga and, and doing a lot of fun things. So, yeah, there's so much to be excited about. It's hard to say just one thing, but, um, you know, excited about what we're doing and excited about who we're going to influence in the future. Nice. Um, what excites me? Uh, I'm excited about where I am in my life, you know, figuring out my life now that I'm in this next phase of my life. Um, and for a while, it's probably one of the scariest things, you know, for me to, to, to really have a life and, and not have fighting in it and being a focal point was something that for the longest time, it was a weird and hard feeling to get past, but I'm excited where I am at with it. You know, I'm, I'm excited to, really um you know started to grow who Rashad Evans is in in other forms in other ways and you know and surprise myself because the version that I am right now you know if I was to look back in my fight career I would have never thought that I would be the person that I am today so I'm excited about that and also what makes me excited is you know as a psychonaut of where where the whole psychedelic game is going. You know, I feel as if like there's been such a huge shift with people trying to explore their consciousness and really starting to use these psychedelic modalities. And for me, I, I think it's one of those things that, you know, is, is something that can help our society. And I say that because all we are truly is the consciousness, but we've, gotten to the point now in society where we've, we've become so physical and it's all about the physicality and it's all about, you know, physical, you know, but really looking deeper and a deeper introspection of, of what it means to be, to be it is really looking past the physical sense and, and more looking at the spiritual side. And I feel like 
there's this huge spiritual shift that's happening. And I think that's quite uh, pretty much dovetailed to, to where we're at with Umbo and, and the modality that we're providing with the mushrooms and, you know, the functional mushrooms and things like that, because it shows that people are starting to be more conscious and more aware of how they want to feel, you know, and, and as we say in Umbo, you know, taking control of their health, getting their health back into their own hand, their own hands again. So that's what I'm excited about. And uh, those are the things that excite me in life. That's beautiful. Yeah. I'll, I'll say I'm most excited about serving our AI overlords that are going to be taking over any day now. No, I'm just kidding. Word. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, think about how, how uh, unpredictable the future is. The one thing that always gives me a little bit of peace of mind is if you didn't know what you would return as, you know, a man, a, a woman, whatever race, you know, whatever disability or whatever, where would you want to land? You would always choose today. You would always choose today because the most advancements are made right now. You know, if you come back with an ailment, polio, you sure as shit don't want to come back in, you know, 1905, right? So today yeah. is the best day there is, and it's the only day. And so that's something that you got to think about when you get a little doom and gloom. I get a little doom and gloom, but there's a lot to be excited about. And yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to echo Rashad's sentiment around uh, psychedelics and more, more importantly, consciousness and the, the mentality of people who are starting to own their own um, cognitive liberties and uh, take, take um, responsibility for their lives. That's where we're at. And that's the time that we're starting to see people take responsibility for their lives, whether it's their health or the things around them. And so while there's some bumps in the road, we're, we're traveling uh, in the right direction, in, in my opinion. So that's what I would say about the future. You know what else? You know what else is exciting? Um, what we're doing, what Umbo's doing is in the future, we get to hear and get emails and I get a lot of responses from people that I turn on, turn on to the product or I send the product to. It's like the future is, is always so nice to know that like, we're going to turn more people on to or enlighten them to a better way to, to face their health and wellness or their disease or illnesses through functional mushrooms. So the future is really exciting because we don't know who's listening right now. That's going to go on there try our bars, try our capsules, maybe the tinctures, whatever it is, and then get back to us in three weeks and say, wow, I'm sleeping better. I'm thinking clearer. I'm feeling better. Anxiety doesn't seem, these stresses don't seem to be getting me down or make, having the same effect. And that's really, that's really exciting. That's really the gift we're carrying right now that we get to share, but we don't get to see that until the future when people come back to us with those results. So that, that's one more little aspect I got to throw in there. <laughs> you know, speaking of that, Jake, that just tees up this review that we got recently that I, I just have to share. And uh, this, this guy said that Umbo is a game changer for me. I lacked energy and never felt like doing anything around the house. Started taking Umbo after hearing Jake Plummer on the Dan Labatard show and heard his, heard he said functional mushrooms changed his life. 
I'm a recovering alcoholic of three years. I've tried to take many different things since I stopped drinking to give me energy or to get back to feeling somewhat normal and nothing worked. My wife also notices a significant difference in my mood and attitude since I have been taking Umbo. She's also happy that I clean the house now. Thank you for helping me get my life back on track. I think mushrooms are the future and I will support Umbo for life. Yes. I love that. That's awesome. There it is. Thank you, Mike, for. Yeah, and, that, and that, that's that a beautiful out. review and not to be a, a shameless plug or whatnot, but it's whether it's Umbo or other brands or like you need mushrooms in your life, eating more mushrooms, yeah. whatever that might be. But I think it's beautiful to see people like, hey, I've, I'm having issues and I'm, I'm trying something and I tried mushrooms and it worked or maybe it doesn't work. So maybe you try CBD, you know, maybe you try keto diet, maybe you try. But man, these attempts are really beautiful and to, to get word like that from folks that they, that it is working for them. That's why we do what we do. And, uh, it's a fun journey and it's fun doing the sugar snakes takes to get a little bit more deep than your, your typical podcast and have you guys impart some really great wisdom, sugar snake, Mike, thank you guys so much for, for jumping on and, uh, putting together another fun episode and we'll keep at it. Keep, uh, trying to drop some wisdom and learn and listen from you guys as well too. So, Thank you, everybody. That's that wraps up this episode. Sugar Snakes takes. Peace. Namaste. Love and mushrooms. Peace. <laughs>